0: I'll start off by saying Mr. Beast is, as you know, quite a unique character and individual. Right. And what right, he's right. done is absolutely insane. For most creators, it's very ad hoc, depending on your situation and where your business is and where your creator business is. We helped on Umpaville um, was interested in launching a candy brand. And so we invested in his business and he bought a candy machine and is kind of ramping up sales of, of candy through his business with our investment. We've also invested in a couple really awesome Australian interior designers. So it, it really varies pretty widely in our, our investment team. They've done some really cool partnerships and, and, and investments.
1: I'm Jesse Clemens, and this is Creator Kit, where each week we shine the spotlight on awesome new tools and services for the creator economy and unpack how they might help you grow your creator business faster. Creator Kit is presented by Highbeam. Highbeam solves message overload for creators by organizing and prioritizing DMs and comments in one unified workspace, so you never miss an important message again. You can find us at highbeamapp.com. Hey everybody, this episode of Creator Kit features a conversation with Nico Nico is one of the early team members at Creative Juice. On today's show, we talk about the mission that Creative Juice has to solve for the unique needs of creator businesses. Nico himself has a kind of one-of-a-kind professional journey from work at a pre-IPO Airbnb to FinTech to the kitchens of one of the most acclaimed restaurants in the world and then most recently to engineering financial tools for creators at Creative Juice. Let's get to it. Awesome. Nico. thanks so much for coming on uh, Creator Kit Podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jesse. This is really exciting. This kind of been, feels like somewhat a long time in the works. You and I have uh, become friends in the last few months through the New York Creator Economy Builders Meetup. It's uh, for folks that don't know. It's a uh, group of you know startup founders and builders in the New York area, feeling a little safer post-pandemic. Uh, we started getting together a few months back. Uh, we basically just pick a bar, grab some drinks, and it's, it's a great group. That's where the two of us got to know one another. I think, did we find each other on Twitter initially? I, I'm trying to remember the connection.
0: It was on uh, Legion's uh, Slack group, on, on the Passion Economy Slack group. That's right, which is
1: another excellent kind of gathering place for uh, for creator economy and passion economy stuff.
0: The drinks in New York have been awesome. It's, f- it's fun to meet people who are in this space and in this world. And uh, it's been awesome to meet uh, some creators as well who are like really excited about some of the stuff that everyone is building. And like, it's, it's cool to learn about their worlds.
1: For sure, yeah. And we're, we're on our third meetup now. The first one was much more builders and creator economy companies. And then uh, we had a good showing of creators last time Josh uh, Kaplan from Smooth Ops, who I hope to have on the show sometime soon, has been doing some co-invites and then, you know, with you helping uh, with some of the organization as well. It's been, it's been good. So we got to keep it rolling, but kind of sign of creator economy, state of the creator economy is there's a lot of folks that have kind of found this space recently and are like equally excited about it, which makes for good energy. And maybe that's a good way to start on your background. How did you get involved in creator economy stuff? I know you've had a few different projects and you're now at Creative Juice. Kick us off by letting us know how you got into this stuff.
0: Yeah. So my background is in software engineering. I started my career about six years ago. It's always scary to do the math backwards, but I started working at Airbnb a little while back. I spent a couple of years there, left to join kind of a smaller company based in New York, a fintech product called Pedal. And I spent a couple of years there and COVID hit and like many people, I guess I burned out a little bit. I wanted to do something a little bit different, pursue a very separate passion and and dream of mine. So I left and went to work in a restaurant for a little bit. So I spent about three months working in a restaurant in September of 2020 and kind of at the tail end of that was convinced for a little bit that I'd keep on the path of becoming a chef, but it was before anyone was vaccinated. It was kind of a scary time. So I I instead became like a couch surfer at my mom's place and like crashed for a couple of months and just kind of detoxed and started picking up, like reading about what was going on in the world and, and in particular in the world of kind of tech and what was interesting. And I think there was like two really interesting narratives at the time, which are starting to converge in some interesting ways, but one was like NFTs and crypto and what was happening there. And then the other one was like creator economy and what was happening in that world. And so I started reading about both and getting very interested and like through reading various different publications and different things, I came across Creative Juice, which is where I'm at right now. And I had a really awesome first chat uh, with SEMA and it seemed like Creative Juice was kind of on track and on a really interesting path to start solving some really difficult pain points for creators. So it seemed like an awesome place to kind of dive into the world of the creator economy.
1: Amazing. I love the bridge of like your time in the food industry, which is its own completely like different manifestation of creativity and creation. And like, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask a few more details about the the food side of things. What were you doing and what was that experience like?
0: I was at a restaurant called Noma. It's based in Copenhagen. It was a lot of, of prep work. It's it's incredible to see kind of the insides of a restaurant and, and how it works. As a diner, you go there and everything is so beautifully polished. It makes it gives you this sense of kind of effortlessness, which is designed, you know, in large part by the restaurant itself. But behind the scenes, there's a lot of people doing a lot of very hard work to get it kind of up and running and to get that polished look kind of perfect. So like Noma was a very crazy, chaotic place. I think there was forty interns and kind of twenty fifteen to twenty full full-time chefs who work there. And each one of the is almost like a one to one ratio with diners, which is absolutely insane.
1: I have to pause you. I think you're underselling it a little bit. If I remember, <laughs> Noma is what's Noma's ranking in terms of restaurants
0: in the world? I think they were number two when I was there,
1: okay. So, literally like one of the best uh, most acclaimed restaurants in the universe which is incredible and no surprise that it takes a lot of effort to make that happen I guess
0: yeah it was a lot of work actually it's interesting part of the story of how I ended up working in in the culinary world is tied back to some of the creator tools and economy like during COVID was just very I just started cooking in the same amount I've always loved cooking but Living in cities like New York and San Francisco is is sometimes hard to convince your friends to come to eat your food versus a delicious restaurant's food.
1: If you even have the space to cook in your in your place,
0: yeah, that too. And so having the time during kind of lockdown and being at home and just like, I bought an insane number of cookbooks and also spent a lot of time on on tools like MasterClass and Instagram Live. I I like discovered a lot of really awesome chefs and personalities and that was something that I really loved, like seeing the inside lives of some of these, these chefs and personalities was a really awesome experience. It really pushed me to pursue some of those passions.
1: Yeah, that's that's a definite, like, I think earlier I was like, it's an unlikely bridge. That's a different flavor of creativity. But now that you're describing, I'm like, oh no, that's, it's actually like totally makes sense that you would be passionate about the creator space if you were able to get this like behind the scenes look with no gatekeepers of this like world of food that you love so much from your phone in your pocket. Like that makes
0: sense. Yeah, it's insane. I mean, if you looked at my YouTube recommendations a couple of years ago during COVID, it was like all kinds of different food creators were doing really awesome stuff. And like, it's an incredible way to learn so many different skills. I mean, in this case recipes, but like I have friends who've gone deep into chess because of YouTube or food or whatever else it is. So it's really awesome
1: how do you find the connection between engineering and food? Are there any similarities or does it feel like a complete different? I know
0: it's like sort of a science. Interesting question. I thought a little bit about it, at least the process of making food at Noma in comparison to, to some of the engineering work that I've done. And I've come to the realization that Noma was producing a luxury product. And so basically the act of producing anything that's so expensive and luxurious takes you know a lot of manpower a lot of what we would call a QA and just making sure that at every step of the way like the quality of what you're producing even if it's in prep work is just like at the peak of what it can be and in a lot of the cases in, in the kitchen your like your work and your prep is handed off to someone else and so if it's not ready for that next person, or the next chef or whoever it is to, to transform it or use it, then you haven't done your job well because they're scrambling at the last minute. And the last minute when the diner is there should be about kind of assembly and not like building, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, totally. And it's like a team sport too, much like a lot of the, well, not all developing, but development work, but a lot of it is is like super interdependent. All right. So you got you got connected with the creative juice team. What have you been working on? Tell us, maybe tell us a little bit about the product itself and I would love to dwell a little bit on the, on the product and the solution to how it fits into this incredible creator economy that we both work on.
0: So when I joined, I think the company was maybe two to three months old. We basically started about a year ago with any company that size, you're kind of, we knew what we wanted to build and, and the world that we wanted to build in. And we were just like figuring out the first steps. We've come an insane Way since when when I first joined a year ago. So we're building basically a banking solution for for creators. I like to think of what we're doing as kind of a financial services layer for the creator economy, essentially. And that mixes two different types of products. There's all these tools that you associate with financial services, like banking and loan products and investment products. And then we also have a separate kind of set of business analytics. And at the heart of it, we view creators as kind of this new world of SMB businesses and the tooling that they have to grow and manage their businesses just doesn't exist in the same way that it does for other types of businesses. And that's what we're trying to build.
1: Is there a example of like a creator type that makes most sense for your product in its current stage and like how you guys would empower them to grow, i guess grow faster or be in more control of their finances or something in that area.
0: There's so much in that realm. I think our target creator is kind of around the 10 to 100,000 follower level, making somewhere at least at least like 20,000 a year like monetizing some of their content. And I mean we can grow up and down and we can talk about various different products and tools that we've built to help bigger and and smaller creators, but at the base of it, we've got a, a banking platform that we that we built out in this past year. And everything kind of is built on top of that. So we've built a, like invoicing software so that you can invoice other either vendors or other creators. And within that, we've also built and, and are releasing very soon like split payments. You can split some of those invoices with other creators that you've collaborated with. And within that, too, kind of some of the like creators a little later on in their journey, we're, we're building out manager flows and manager access. So like when your business is being, when you have a manager helping you and like growing and managing a lot of your business, like we're giving access to them to help manage all those invoices and split payments on those invoices between managers and creators and all that kind of software and tooling.
1: The 10K size is interesting because that's pretty much the same size that when people ask me about high beam and like, when does our solution start making sense? It's that same stage where in many cases, if the creators are starting to get some traction and makes what is no longer like small amount of money now making maybe not an insane amount of money, but enough that they're like, okay, I could see how this could scale up as a business. Maybe I should go full-time in the future, or maybe I'll continue part-time on this and hire someone else to help me and like, That feels like when there's basically like a fork in the road where for, for any given creator that's hit that size, some portions of creators are like, yeah, this is turning into a lot of work. Like maybe, maybe this isn't like my passion and maybe I'll keep running it at this size. And then there's another band of creators and personality types that are like, whoa. I, now I know like what I need to put in and what I can get out. And it's almost formulaic, like produce X content per week, et cetera. I'm interested in how this, how does this connect to like the analytics and data side of things, because the business of being a creator is interesting because it's a very metrics and analytics driven business. And so is finance and financial tools. Like how do those two things connect in a platform like creative juice?
0: It is isn't. it isn't. I mean, a lot of creators just focus purely on the the creative aspect of their craft and and they don't want to really think about some of the metric stuff so much. And some creators are very deep into the metrics and like some of these, you know, cost CPM targets and all the different views and subscribers etc for us we view those as kind of integral pieces of what it like understanding what your business where your business is and how it's how it's performing over time so we give access to to metrics like evergreen content uh which is for youtubers you might know this it's the percentage of their of their videos that is kind of generating revenue for for a very long period of time because it's because it's ad revenue you know you can put up a video two years ago and still be making money off of it right now and so we're giving them access to analytics like that to help them understand how their business is performing and how their content is performing over time it also ties into many other pieces of business so we've got media kit solution for creators to help them understand what their rates are, what they should be charging, which is a very kind of opaque metric in in general and like not very clearly understood. And we believe that if you kind of tie in all of your data, we can use some some machine learning models to help understand what those rates should be and what they can be.
1: Yeah, because the on the rate card side, so I, I come from the advertising world prior to my creator life for publishers, like traditional publishers, like your, you know, Viacoms of the World or BuzzFeed or whatever, rate card would be like, how much am I charging for every thousand impressions on my website? And so like that would change depending on the performance that advertisers saw and what was going on in terms of audience reach and like all these other things. And it was like very dynamic. Like many of these big companies, like Viacom, for example, has a team of You know maybe a dozen people including data scientists that like try to figure this out creators especially the smaller ones are on (laughs) their own to do it and it sounds like pretty cool that you guys have a solution that helps do part of that job in a way because like i imagine that folks start out with a number that they have in mind they kind of find a sweet spot of like what they should charge sponsors but then it's dynamic because they're growing Uh, hopefully they're growing but their audience size changes their engagement changes
0: yeah. And obviously a lot of these relationships are, are personal. And so, you know, depending on who the advertiser is, you might change them up or down, but having a baseline to understand what it is that you should be charging and what you know your business is kind of worth or should be charging for those rates and for those sponsored posts and stuff, I think is, has been really helpful for a lot of creators.
1: So there's an area that my brain wants to go in, but if it's not a strong connection, we don't have to go this way. What sprung to mind for me, knowing that you come from, Air, you, you spent some time at Airbnb was I'm an Airbnb host myself. I never know what rate to charge and like there's some tools to help me figure out pricing. Is there any connection with the work that you did at Airbnb and this kind of like dynamic pricing for creators type or rate card work?
0: So I'm not the one who's working on the machine learning models. We've got a, a an awesome data science guy named Nolan who's building out a lot of those. But the, the concept, the underlying concept, I think is, is very similar. Just that we see a lot more data than you ever would as an individual host on Airbnb or creator. And using that, we can help you generate a lot more, kind of a much better understanding of what you should be charging.
1: Love it. Okay, so if I'm a creator... Listening to Creator Kit Podcast, I'm like, oh, man, this sounds great. There's all these tools I can use. How would I get started? Can I can I just go and sign up? Or are you guys in a waitlist period or anything like that?
0: Getjuice.com. We we opened up the waitlist uh, a little while ago, so you're free to sign up. You'll see there's a few other tools that we haven't even touched on here that, that are live in, in the site, like Juice Boosts, help you basically paying out AdSense at the beginning of the month and help you kind of grow and monetize your business like that. We have a juice fund product as well. So we have a, a team that is working on like direct investments in creators. And I think that's one of the coolest part of parts of this business. So we've invested in a, a number of different creators to help them grow their business with a lot more kind of like hands-on work, but also just a lot of times you just need some money right now to, to start to do something or to become a little more entrepreneurial or yeah.
1: That's awesome. I actually want to talk about both things um, if we have time, but quickly on the juice fun side, I listened to the Mr. Beast, Joe Rogan episode recently. Actually, I kind of dropped off listening to Rogan the last couple of years, but this one sucked me back in. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, man, I didn't realize that, that Mr. Beast plows every dollar that he makes back into the business and producing content. And some of his biggest videos are incredibly expensive to produce. It sounded from the podcast, it sounded like he's like taking every dollar and putting it back in for smaller creators or even big creators that are quite at the scale of Mr. Beast, how does the ability to get a hold of working capital change the nature of how fast these folks can build their business?
0: I'll start off by saying Mr. Beast is, as you know, quite a unique character and individual. And what he's done is absolutely insane. For most creators, I mean, it's very ad hoc, depending on your situation and where your business is and where your creator business is. We've helped creators. We helped one Oompaville was interested in launching a candy brand. And so we invested in his business and he bought candy machine and just kind of ramping up sales of, of candy through, through his business and through our, with our investment. We've also invested in a couple really awesome, like there's a creator called never too small or not too small, some Australian kind of interior designers. So it really varies pretty widely in our, our investment team is like, they're really awesome. And they've done some really, really cool partnerships and investments.
1: That's awesome. I have a a few folks in mind that could definitely use uh, that, that sort of help. So if I'm a creator that has been, I guess, accepted or funded by the Juice Fund, do I need to present sort of like a business plan or or is it like, uh, h- how does it all work around like what the money is used for versus being loose and, and like um,
0: trust-based? I, I'm not entirely sure how the those presentations and, and, and pitches go necessarily. I will say it works very well for, for creators who are a little more entrepreneurial minded and try and and want to go horizontal, kind of, and and convert their audience into something a little more. But each individual creator is kind of a a separate conversation and, and, yeah, situation. So that's how we've approached the investments as well.
1: Super cool and very, very unique uh, value add. Really awesome. Okay, so quickly, Juice Boost. So, all right, so I kind of got, like, there's, like, something about managing AdSense revenue and getting paid earlier, was it? Yeah, how does it work?
0: Yeah, so this is uh, another one of our products that we're we're excited about having rolled out and seeing some really interesting traction on. But basically, as a creator, your YouTube AdSense will get paid at the end of the month. Our product, our Juice Boost product, basically just gives you access to that at the beginning of the month. There's a a small fee associated to that, but it lets you kind of take that money and apply it to whatever it is that you might need it for. Right cool.
1: Now. So it's, it's like instant, sort of instant payout on what you've earned. Yeah, it's funny. Like not to keep talking about my advertising background, but when I was at Google, <laughs> the the fact that Google was able to pay out people within 30 days was like a huge value add. Like I remember talking to publishers that were working with other ad sources, and the tr- the traditional payout cycle would be you sell a bunch of ads to a company. And then sixty to ninety days later, you would get a check. And and by the way, sometimes that check would be different than what you thought you earned. And like the amount of free uh, float that that some of these advertising agencies uh, were able to maintain was pretty remarkable. So like I can imagine just knowing what the reaction was for me when I was selling to publishers to be able to say thirty days that they can get access to those funds immediately is is game changing.
0: Yeah, I mean these kinds of things are are great for the businesses kind of lending you the cash, but, or, or paying you out, but not, not great for the, for the individual themselves. And like, you know, creators in this case have done all the work already. The videos are live and it's kind of frustrating to not have access to that capital.
1: Yeah. Especially when like the publishers I was working with were like multi employee businesses, usually pretty large. Like they had like, and like creators often are just themselves and they have rent due on the third of the month or whatever. So a different set of pressures. Cool, that's awesome, man. Anything else on the Creative Juice side, like stuff upcoming that you want to talk about, or uh, anything else you wanted to add?
0: I'm just excited about some of the manager access stuff, and and for some of the creators who do have managers, it'll hopefully be an incredible value add to, to their flows and and how they work together. Yeah, we also have a Discord that anyone is is welcome to join. We're trying to part of the Juice Funds projects and, and ideas also to start building out a little bit of that community for creators. So I can share the links with you for anything Twitter, Discord, whatever it is.
1: Cool. Yeah, we'll throw them in the uh, episode description for sure. Awesome. All right. I like to hit every guest with a surprise pop question. You got lucky here because I actually asked you ahead of ahead of the episode, but I asked you what your favorite, your current favorite creator is, and you told me it's an account called Battle of the Nudes, Important, uh, pertinent audio clarification: nudes is spelled N-O-O-D-Z. But tell us about this one.
0: That's not my favorite creator. That's just our personal, like a little project that that me and some friends are working on. Um, hey, man. It's 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 good a to lot of your own much, stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of much better creators than than uh, us, but we're we're just having fun. It was a way to kind of explore a variety of different ramen spots in in New York City. Um, and encourage ourselves to kind of get out during the cold and like have a reason to to visit different places. So we've got an entire bracket of like, I think 37 or 38 ramen places in New York oh City. Oh my God. And so we've been, I think we've gotten to like six or seven. It just started. I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to get like high cholesterol or something at the end of this. <laughs> but this was our our fun little kind of side project to like share some of those, some of the fun
1: I love that. And and it can be like uh, it's an activity on its own. My activity right now, I'm I'm uh, I've been scoring Manhattan's at cocktail places for oh, the last okay. like uh couple months, which maybe is even more unhealthy than than ramen, but it's fun. It's fun. So we'll have to I'll definitely wanna check out Battle of the Nudes
0: and check the bracket out. Maybe we need a collab or something. Manhattan's and ramen.
1: Yeah, I don't know how that would go <laughs> together, but uh, we can try it out. We can try it out.
0: Yeah, I think I think Sapporo is a better a pairing for ramen. Yeah,
1: definitely. What's the top ramen spot on the bracket right now?
0: Ooh, for whoever is in New York City, we visited a place called Tabetomo that's out in the East Village, right next to Tompkins Square. It is a vibe. It, it's incredibly good and delicious. I do not want to know how many calories are in a bowl, but it was a very fun place. There were also randomly having a Sapporo night. So we drank a lot of Sapporo and ramen. It was, it was really good. Yeah.
1: I love it. Love it, man. Staying in touch with your, your food roots and, and love. I love that. Awesome. Anything else you want to cover before we call it?
0: I, I think that's, that's a good amount, but I'm excited for people to, to check out creative juice and, and to leave some feedback and, and help us grow.
1: Yeah, it's it's um, definitely an exciting time to see all these solutions come together to arm creators to grow faster. It's you know certainly one of the most fulfilling elements of the job is like at least you know speaking for myself, but it sounds like for you as well is like getting these tools out there and seeing them actually working for people and helping make lives better for people that have chosen this very unique uh, pursuit and career. So love it, man, and I will see you at our next uh, meetup.
0: Yeah, I'm excited. Looking forward to it. Thank you,
1: Jesse. Cool. Thanks, Diego. Talk to you soon. That wraps this excellent episode of Creator Kit. If you like this episode, please don't forget to leave us a rating on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. It really does make a huge difference to us and it just takes a click. Creator Kit is brought to you by High Beam the message management solution for creators. For more creator resources, visit us at highbeamapp.com or follow us on Twitter. See you next week.